0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, we've been talking about what's been happening in, in um, uh, Acts chapter 16. And uh, we've been going through Acts chapter 16, looking at that and seeing how God has been really working in Paul's life. And the interesting thing is, it just looks like In certain seasons, even though we know God's with Paul, it looks like God's not always with Paul. What I'm saying is sometimes it looks like, um, you know, where is God? Paul might be asking that, like before he gets that direction we were talking about, where he's going from place to place, not having any success, right? And and then, then this subtle word he gets and he has to figure out. And he says, I perceive God must be telling us to go to macedonia so then he goes there he makes this decision now i'm going to go do that i feel like god wants us to do that so he it's in faith there wasn't an angel it wasn't an absolute thing he perceived he thought god was leading him there and it that's what it seemed like from the vision he had or the dream he goes and he does that he's walking in faith he's obeying he's doing the best he knows how to do right and praise god he gets to see somebody get saved and that their family, and then we saw what began to happen. This demon girl began to follow him, right? And she began to say things, and she had a spirit of divination. So what she said seemed true and accurate, but it was of the wrong spirit, and it was infiltrating what he was doing. It was polluting what he was doing. It was like throwing a wrench in the works. And so here, Paul's got this agitation Every day. And we saw last week what happened. He got to a place where he got so fed up with what was going on that he actually addressed that demon in that person. What an amazing thing happened right there. And you see something that I mentioned last week, which is so true for today. The demon that may be pestering you, spiritual forces that might be in your life, will stay there just as long as you let them Sometimes you need to get so irritated at them, you won't put up with them anymore. And you'll be like Paul, just like he did that time. He just looked at that thing. He addressed it and said, I've had enough of you. That's an amazing thing to me. He didn't cast that demon out of the girl to get the girl set free in this situation. He cast the devil out because the devil was opposing him. And you see, God wants to empower you to get the devil out of your life to get the devil out of your way, to move him wherever he's tried to position himself because I can guarantee you there are spiritual forces assigned to your life to try to bring you down, to hinder you, to obstruct you, to defeat you, to discourage you, to make you heavy, to cause you to go down. So I just want to encourage you today. God says if you'll get upset and irritated enough And to to say to whatever is in your life, I've had enough of you. Don't just be irritated about it. Do something about it. And what did he do? He did that in faith. He didn't just get mad. He didn't just have a a fit and storm off. And I don't know why God didn't do it. Why didn't God come through? Why does God let this happen? He addressed that thing. So I want to encourage you today. You're going to be resisted. There's there's no question about that, right? But don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. What did Jesus say? In this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulations. Sometimes they're going to be more difficult than other times. But then he says this, but what? Rejoice because I have overcome the world. What he's saying there, another way to put that is, there are difficulties we're going to experience in this fallen world. There's opposition that we can't even see that's against us. He says, you're going to have trials. But then what what does he say after that about rejoice because I've overcome? What he's saying here is rejoice because in me, you're going to overcome. Do y'all see what I'm saying? He says, rejoice because I've overcome. What's that got to do with us? Well, what he's saying is rejoice because in me, you will overcome. You're going to make it. You're going to rise up over every problem that comes your way. Could you imagine Jesus ever being in a situation that's too big for him? The trial, too difficult. Could you imagine that? It's not going to happen. It can't happen. You know why? (laughs) Because he trusts in God. Amen. Are y'all with me? Y'all were too quiet this morning. He's trusting in God. God's going to come through for him. And um, you see, you see, that's the whole key. When he says, in this word, you're going to have tribulation, what's he doing? He's, he's saying, in me, in me, you're going to have victory. In me, you're going to have victory. So let me just say this at the onset. God is wanting to teach us to draw near, to trust in him, To live in faith and to learn to use our spiritual weapons against the enemy and to use our faith, which is part of our spiritual weapons, to use prayer, which is a spiritual weapon God gave us, to use praise, which is a spiritual weapon. It's not just so that you can be better and so that you can feel better. That definitely works. But. Praise and thanksgiving is so powerful. It reverberates in the atmosphere when you do it. God's presence says, he says, I feel praise. When you praise me, I'm in that. That is a very, very real thing. I mean, something happens. I mean, the more I become aware of this, it's amazing. I begin to see it more and more and experience it when I praise and thank God. I was, I remember just like two days ago, I was praying on uh, walking down Dulles, you know, I was just walking and praying, and uh, I was thinking of something that I know I'm, that uh, God wants me to do. God wants to take place, but I haven't seen it take place. But I'm very convinced of it. You understand what I'm saying? So I just began to thank God, and uh, and yet, you know, there's this pressure of oh, it's not there. Da-da-da-da. You you haven't. I just, and man, as I began to enter into Thanksgiving, I was just thanking him for that. Man, I could feel that. I know this sounds crazy. I could feel my Thanksgiving. It felt like it went throughout the whole earth. <laughs> it just felt, you know, it reminded me of like a tuning, you know, the tuning forks. When you hit a tuning fork, you know, I felt like when I was thanking God, it was hitting tuning forks all over the earth. It's just like something happens when we do that. Nothing happens. God's made all of creation to respond to things like that. Creation responds to our faith. It responds to our thanksgiving. It responds to our praise. You see what I'm saying? And that's why the devil wants you to be discouraged, way down, Heavy and defeated, because if he can keep you down, he can keep you from experiencing the victory that Jesus Christ has already purchased for you, and that He said, "It's here in me. If you'll live in me, if you'll rise up and experience what I've got for you, what I have promised for you, watch. You're gonna, you're gonna end up being the one who's on the other side of this problem, into the place of victory." Amen. So I want to just encourage you guys with this, because honestly, if you'll learn to walk in faith, if you'll learn to trust God, if you'll be a radical believer, you see, we have too many casual believers. They'll come on Sunday and then they'll, they'll like, they'll, they're, they're uh, spiritually walking in flip-flops the whole week. What I mean is there's no, there's no uh, seriousness with the Lord, with, their, with their, there's no discipline in their spiritual life. And you see, uh, you know how you get faith? It's not just because, oh, oh, you're just an amazing person of faith. You're just born with faith. Nobody's that way. Do y'all understand that? Nobody's that way. We're all natural. We're all weak. We're all human. We we just have that flesh, you see? And maybe, like, hey, you might look at me and say, hey, look, he seems so strong. Well, maybe the anointing of God's coming out of me. I'm a weak man. I have to have God strengthen me. Are y'all with me? I have to have God come to me. And that's the way it is with everybody. But see, God's made it so simple. If you just do what he says, faith comes. If you just follow the plan, faith comes, victory comes, God comes, God shows up. We, I mean, it's amazing. Just do what God says. It will work. And quit being lazy with your faith. That won't work. It won't work. You can't be lazy and victorious. Yeah, it just won't work. God loves you. God loves but you. And there's one thing I think people don't realize in the Christian world. We're supposed to have disciplined lives. It's not burdensome. It gives us victory. It gives us joy. We enter into the fullness of life that God has us. When we make a decision, we're going to stay strong in our spiritual life. Amen? That's all it takes. But anyway, I want to encourage you in this. Because if you will simply do this, stay encouraged, Not give up. Stay connected with God. Make Him your primary thing. Make the Word of God your primary thing. Faith your primary thing. The spiritual things. Put that first. Everything's going to come your way. Everything's going to work out. It will work out. And God will give you victory. And you will go forward. And you will overcome. He has promised it. And in His name, I convey that promise to you today. Amen? If you do that, man, I tell you, nobody can stand before you. No devil can stand in front of you. But as long as you're discouraged, as long as you're weighed down, as long as you stay on the ground, he can just sit in your life as long as he wants to. You know, there's a, I believe it was in Isaiah, um, where God says, and one, you know, He says, you know what you've done? You laid down, and you just let the devil walk all over you. You let your enemies walk all over you, and too many Christians just do that. They lay down. Oh God, help me! Praise God, we ask for that. But sometimes God's saying, you remember one time Joshua did that? Do y'all remember Joshua? Um, you know, you remember he was in, he was at, uh, uh, he they fought this first battle. Where was the first battle? Where? Well, the first battle was in Jericho, right? So they fought Jericho. Man, that's an amazing success. It looked like it though, right? But then something happened and it caused them to have a defeat at Ai, which was the next little tiny place they were going to. And so what happened to Joshua? Do y'all remember? He's crying. Oh, God, what'd you bring us here? Look, let me just, I mean, is that not amazing that Joshua's doing that? This man of God, what's he doing? Oh, God, it's terrible. What happened? Oh, why did you bring us here to make it? Let me, let me just emphasize this. Everybody goes through times when their faith is tried, when they feel like giving up, when they feel miserable. Everybody goes through that. Joshua went through it even after he had passed the test and and, and overcome before. <laughs> here he is again, he, and here he is down. And God says to him, get up. You get up and go forward. Then, and then he tells him what the issue is. You see, sometimes we're laying down and saying, God, help us. And God goes, okay, get up. What? I'm going to do it through you. What? I'm going to show you what needs to be done. Trust me. Be strong. Use your faith. Don't be discouraged. And I can tell you this. If you've got discouragement and heaviness and confusion, it is not of God. Amen? It is not of God. You can, I can tell you right now, that's got to go. That's got to go if you want to get victory and you've got to make a decision. That's got to get out of my life and you need to get upset enough at that discouragement. And that heaviness where you're going to say, get out of my life, no more. I don't see where I'm going. I don't see the answer. I don't know how to get there, but you have to get out of my life. And it's after you get rid of that, you begin to see more clearly. Amen? Amen. Y'all just sound too enthusiastic today. So God gave instructions to Joshua. This is something else that we see. Um, God gives instructions to Joshua and he says this, and I believe that these instructions to Joshua, were, they were given to him for us and for all, all history, right? This is recorded for our sakes, for our instruction. God says this to Joshua, I have given, and I'm rewording it to sort of put it all in a nutshell. I have given you this territory. What's this territory? It's his assignment. It's what he's supposed to do. Your territory is what you're supposed to be doing in life. And wherever you are right now, it's your assignment until God moves you on. If you're not in the right place, may God move you on quickly. But I'm just saying, you have an assignment right where you are. Amen? And God says this, I have given you this territory, your assignment. No one will be able to stand before you. Only be strong and courageous. Stay in the word. Meditate on it. Speak it. Confess it. And do what I say. For then you will make your way prosperous. Do y'all hear that? You. You will make your way prosperous. There are some interesting things in this verse I want us to look at. First of all, he does not tell Joshua, oh, you will not face opposition. What does he tell Joshua? He says, no one's going to be able to stand. What he's saying is, they won't prevail, right? Now, imagine a boxer. I was thinking about this and I thought, who's the biggest trash Talker of all time, I don't know. I'm, I just think it was Muhammad Ali. I don't know, but right, you know, some of the some guys they just talk trash, right? And why are they doing that? They want to demoralize the other person. The devil does the same thing. He will give you so many pictures of defeat, so many images and imaginations of the worst negative things that can happen. And I am telling you, you cannot bear the load of that and get up and fight him. You see, you just sit in the ring just like you don't even want to get up, right? As long as you're sitting down, you won't win. When when God says they won't be able to stand in front of you, he's intending you to get into the ring. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to get up, and you have to get in the ring. You have to go forward. That's the only way they're going to be defeated. They will not stand in front of you. Do you see what I'm saying? So he has to get up and he has to start fighting. Guess when you learn how to fight, sometimes you learn in the battle. You learn some things, you get some words of faith. Man, man, do you ever, I don't know if any of you have ever like learned how to do something like, um, like skiing or something like that, where you didn't know and you you learned it all in your head first and then you went out and did it. Have y'all ever done that with something? And then, and then when you go do it, it's so much harder when you actually do it yourself. Oh, Oh, you do for the a basketball, you hold it like this, you hold it like that, you do your fingers. Like, I mean, you could maybe go into some encyclopedia. Uh, what do they call it? I forgot the name of it. They have these online encyclopedias now. They tell you how to do everything. And so you just say, oh, you do hold your fingers like that. And then, well, that's it. You just put it right like that and just make it go in the basket. And then maybe you go out there and it's like it, it's about, you know, five feet away from the basket. And you go, oh, wow. Or maybe, you know, some, you know, you, you learn. Anyway, what I'm saying is you can get lessons and we learn and we know that sort of guides us. But then to get to really get trained, you've got to get out there and do it. I can remember, man, I can now I can remember being in a season of faith and believing God and trusting God and seeing some miracles happen. And uh, man, and then, boom, the, the pressure got so much greater. And then I began to realize, oh, no, all this stuff I'm preaching, I thought I really had deeper inside me than I did. But now I've got to get it really deep, and I've got to learn how to walk this stuff out that I've been talking about, right? So I had to learn by experience. Sometimes, and I would say most every time, you're going to learn to battle, first of all, from what the Word says, but then you have to get in the ring and when you're in the ring of life, in the ring of going forward, God is going to teach you how to fight. Amen? Sometimes we're like, God, show me what to do. And sometimes we need direction. But there's some things we need to go ahead and get in the ring. Where we know we, we have a battle, we need to get in the ring and start fighting. And you might get knocked down a few times. And let me tell you, the battle's not over until the final bell. And God knows when that final bell is. And you might be like Rocky. you, you I don't know if people in this generation still know who Rocky is, but right, Rocky gets knocked down. Oh, he looks like he's going to lose. But guess what? He, he gets up again. So he gets supernatural. Something comes into him. He gets up. He starts fighting. Boom, he gets knocked down again. But guess what? He keeps getting up. And before the end of the, the 15th round, the other guy's down. And sometimes life is like that. You get knocked down. The Bible says the righteous man gets knocked down seven times. But guess what? He keeps getting up. He keeps getting up. God's not finished training you. God's not upset. God's not going, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how he's going to win. Your situation is so bad. Oh, oh, let me get some counsel from some of these angels. What would y'all do? I don't know how to help them. God's not even worried about it. God's going, I just can't wait. And the deeper your trouble is, the stronger you're going to become because God's able to make you strong to overcome your unique battles. That's amazing. It is amazing. There's nobody who had any battle in the Bible that wasn't able to overcome. And it's only through God. But you have to disconnect from that discouragement. you got to disconnect from the lies. you got to disconnect from the forces of hell trying to bring you down and make your life miserable. You know, that's another thing about defeat and discouragement. It not only makes your life, you know, where faith doesn't work, it makes you miserable. You know what I mean? Crazy. It's crazy to live it that way. But anyway, what he's saying here, first of all, you're going to face opposition. But they won't stand before you. Just keep going forward. Remember that. Why do you have to tell them that? Because sometimes it's going to look like the other ones are winning. Oh, Oh, I got no- oh, he told me that wouldn't stand before me, though, didn't he? Get up. God said they won't stand before us. You understand what I'm saying? Wait a minute, we've got promises. Okay, what's Joshua's part in all of this, by the way? He says, they won't stand before you. But this is your part. In essence, his part was, what? Be strong and be encouraged. It's amazing. Be strong. You might go, oh, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You'd be amazed if you do what the Bible says to do to be strong. And it's here. It's written here. It's written in Ephesians 6. I mean, there's many other principles all throughout the word. If you just do that, you're going to be strong. Amen. It works. And you're as able as anybody else to be strong. You might go, but I'm not naturally strong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do you think God's limited? Because if you're, he knows we're all weak. And he knows how crazy weak you are. And it doesn't matter. Anyway, he says, he says, your part is to be strong, to be courageous. You go, how can I be courageous? To be bold, to not fear, to not be afraid. To not be in despair and lose hope. Um, I'm telling you, all of these things are like cancers to our face, right? And it may seem like the most rational thing sometimes, but God goes, no, that's the whole point. That's what faith is. It's believing one thing when you see things one way, but your faith in God believes something bigger than that. Amen? Amen. You see, he goes, I am calling you to be strong, that's all I'm asking." But this is how you got to do it, right? What does He say? Um, build up your faith, get God's Word in him. Isn't He telling them that? Walk in faith, get the Word in you, speak the Word, confess the Word, make declarations, You know what? That's all throughout the Bible. In fact, Joshua's done that before. He's just telling them, now you've got to make it a lifestyle if you want to, because now now it's even more important than before because now you're going to be the leader of all of Israel. You're going to have to be the example. And the way you live, I want them to live. So they're going to be watching you, right? Anyway, what had he done before? You remember, I think it's Numbers 14 or 13 where they're at the they've gone into Israel the spies have gone I believe they went out like 2 by 2s and there's no way uh I mean I believe that Joshua and Caleb happened to be on the same team did you ever wonder you know those two came back I know what they were doing the whole time they're they're in the in that place what they're doing is they're going wow look at those giants and by the way I believe those giants I mean the more I've studied this there that size person isn't even in existence today they were they were huge they were like um, Shaquille O'Neal with another Sha- Shaquille O'Neal sitting on his shoulders. I mean, they were really, really big. Um, so what were they doing? I believe they were hit with discouragement. How can we win? What has God done? But get, what happens? They begin to encourage each other. I was just thinking about this this morning. and I was like, what if they hadn't been on the same team? What if they had been in different pairs? Would we have ended up with four good spies? Are y'all with me? Or we would have ended up with no good spies because they weren't there to encourage each other. Are you all you see what I'm saying? But anyway, that's just philosophical thinking there. But I just would say, it. you know, we need to be around other people that will encourage us and speak to us because we all get discouraged sometimes. And sometimes we need a booster to like, you ever see that? Uh, this is an old commercial probably from I was a little boy too. The guy slaps you know, the the other person's like, wake him up and he's like, thanks him for that, right? Uh, We all need that sometimes. We all need a little slap in the face like to to wake us up out of the days we're in. Anyway, so what's he telling them? He told them, build up your faith. He told them to speak the word. You all remember that? And Joshua, he's telling them how to to stay strong. Get in the word, speak the word, uh, meditate on it and let it come out of your mouth. You see, and if you go back, You'll see what he did in, in that when he was coming out of the time of spying, and he was there with the rest of Israel, and they say, okay, should we go in? Everybody's going, no, no, look, they're too big. They're too, oh. They've all been listening to the wrong messages. They're all discouraged because of how bad things look. It was an impossible situation, naturally speaking, there's no way. It's like, what am I doing? I'm like, um, like an a elementary school basketball team playing, playing a professional team, right? I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Naturally, it was. It really was. These other people trained to fight. They were humongous. They were huge. And here, and here they're nothing. They come back, and, and you've got two people that were not affected by that. And what happens? Joshua is going, we shall go in because God's promised us that land. And he spoke it out and he said, we shall win. And what a key there. And by the way, the two that spoke it out and said, we are going to win. They entered in the 10 and all the others that said, we won't make it. They didn't make it. Do you not think there's a story there for us? God loves you, but you need to start saying, we're going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to go forward. If you want to overcome, it's got to come out of your mouth. And it needs to be based on faith. And you need to say, if the Word of God says it, I don't care. His promises, that's an amazing thing too. You know, look what God says here. I have already given this to you. But there are enemies there. That's what promises are. You know what the promises in the Word are? The promises mean It's already been given to you. Are y'all with me? Victory is already in there somewhere for you. It's already been given. All you need to do is do what the Word of God says, stay strong, and get that devil of misery out of your life, discouragement, heaviness, troubles. (laughs) Get that out of your life. Amen. Okay, so... Um, something else I want to look at here he says if you do this you will make yourself prosperous you will make yourself prosperous again these things are not difficult are y'all with me and if you just get encouraged and motivated today and that's it that's not good You have to go beyond that. You have to act on what you know to do. You're going to have to encourage yourself. You're going to have to start speaking the word of God. You're going to have to start saying things like, if God is with me, who can be against me? Uh, God has promised that I would overcome in this world. God said that he would be with me. God said, whatever I would ask, he would hear me. I mean, I'm telling you, there are plenty of promises in there. If you don't know where they are, start Googling them. They're so easy to find now. I used to write out these long scriptures for everybody. You know, I'm going to be talking on this. So I'd go through the, you know, I'd I'd type them out and write. Now you don't have to do that anymore. If you have an issue, just Google where the promises are for your issue. They're going to pop up so, so quickly. I mean, everybody ought to be able to do that. But then you need to take them and you need to read them. And then you need to start confessing them. The Bible says this, and then you need to apply them like Joshua did, where he says, and so We shall enter in. We shall be successful. He made a declaration of his faith that was personal based on the promise that God had already given him before. You need to start declaring personal victory over your life and your situation that has been given to you through the promises that are in the Word of God. Are y'all with me? That is an amazing tool that people don't use. I am just, you know how I said earlier, I'm thanking the Lord. I, it's like I could feel that like reverberate. I, it's like I felt it go all throughout the earth. Let me tell you something. When you make faith declarations, they are powerful. I don't know. I don't even understand. If you study quantum physics and other things, I mean, there's things that blow your mind. God has wired this earth to respond to faith. He's made things respond to faith declarations and words. That's why he said, speak. You want, you want to move a mountain? Speak to it. How many people speak to it? You know why? We don't practice the simple things the Word of God says. Well, when to we have victory? Well, the Bible says, speak to your mountain. Well, I don't know about that. That's sort of weird, people that do that. Well, the Bible says, just speak to your mountain. If you say to that mountain, Get up and get out of here. It'll get up and get out of here as long as you believe. And guess what? Sometimes you start out you don't believe. How are you going to believe? You have to keep reading the word. You have to keep confessing it. You have to keep praying until that belief level, boom, gets up and your fears and your doubts are blown away. I'm telling you, it'll work for any one of us if we'll just do it. It's not just going to happen to you. You're not just going to happen to be a man of faith, happen to be a woman of faith. No, you're going to be miserable and weak and heavy. Faith comes by getting yourself in the Word. Faith comes by confessing the Word. Faith comes by getting in prayer and asking God and pressing through your unbelief and making a decision. I'm not going to doubt God. I am not going to be discouraged. I am not going to have a negative mindset. You see, when you do that, oh, it's amazing what happens then. It's amazing what happens when you make a decision to do that. So look at this. If this is the key, God's already given the promises to Joshua. God's already given the promises to us. God tells Joshua, you got to stand and be strong, though, through the way I just told you. God tells us the same thing in Ephesians. Do you remember that? Be strong in the Lord so that you might win in that evil day, in that evil season, when the devil throws everything he's got at you. How do you win? You have to be strong in the Lord. Well, I don't want to have to be strong in the Lord. Too bad. That's the way it works. And anybody can do it. It's not too hard. It just takes time. You see, people want to have so many blessings. They don't want to put any effort into their spiritual life. They can be on social media hours every day, the TV hours every day, the Internet hours every day, but to give God some time and to spend time with their spiritual life and the Word of God, confessing the Word in the place of victory that would change their whole life, they don't have any time for that. They're too busy having fun and being miserable. That's the crazy thing, isn't it? anyway, So if this is the goal and if that's how we win and if Satan can only win by getting us down and causing us to be defeated and weak and discouraged, what do you think his main goal is in life, so to speak, to discourage you, to weigh you down, to keep your faith from working? That's his main goal. If he can do that, he's all right, as long as I can keep him down. Right. So, Daniel 7.25 says, He seeks to wear out or make weary the saints of the Most High. He wants to wear you out. He wants the battle to drag on and you be so heavy, you don't know what to do, right? God understands. I just want to say, I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying, you just can't stay there. We all get knocked down. We all feel that way sometimes. To stay that way, that'll bring a lot of trouble. Now, so, Acts 16, you see what's been happening. You see, we we read about resistance where this demon girl started doing what she's doing and Paul cast that devil out of her. He got so agitated I'm hoping you're getting agitated at whatever the enemy's been bringing up in your life, and um, and then after that, uh, something else happens. Okay, so he, he, I mean, I'm wondering what they're thinking after that devil comes out. You know, I'm thinking he's looking over at Silas, going, "Man, why didn't we do that earlier?" I don't know. We just didn't get irritated enough at it, or something. We just thought we just lived with it, her doing that every day. Man, I don't know why we didn't think about doing that. I'm so glad we did that, right? But then, but then, okay, let me just back up and read this. But Paul, greatly annoyed, this is, this is when he cast the demon out in verse 18, turned and said to the spirit, I just, I just love that, greatly annoyed. That's, that's what <laughs> prompted him to do that. Anyway, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when their masters saw their hope, a prophet was gone they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Wow. Okay. And then it goes, um, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men are, are troubling our cities. They teach things that aren't lawful for us. Uh, you know, then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates t- tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten. They tore off Paul and Silas's clothes, that is, and commanded them to be beaten. And when they laid many stripes on them, which was a very painful thing, probably on their back, which has a lot of nerves. I can remember I'd hit one of my daughter's back every once in a while. I don't know why, just because it irritated her. (laughs) But it just reminds me of how there's so many little nerve endings in our back, we don't even realize, we're not even thinking about that. But anyway, they were beaten. And uh, when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. So, this is, <laughs> this is uh, such an interesting story up to this point. So, Paul's gone forward. He's been seeing um, God do things. He's got this great victory, and then, boom, it gets worse. It gets worse. He's, he could go, God, didn't you send me here? God, first of all, I got this demon woman, and well, we thought we had victory, and then look what happened. It got worse. I, I, mean, a lot of people right at that moment would say, "I wish I had never come to Macedonia." What was I thinking? I thought I had a word from God. I thought, da-da-da-da-da. I thought, da-da-da-da-da. you know, faith doesn't work, prayer doesn't work, and I just want to say. How many people lose it right here? They start out, they are in God, they're praying, something bad happens, maybe they get a little breakthrough, they're starting to see something, but then things hit them so hard. And it's like, nope, not going to believe anymore. Nope, not going to trust in God anymore. Nope, not going to use my faith anymore. Nuh-uh. Nope, doesn't work. Doesn't work. I'm just going to be a good person. I'm going to love the Lord. Going to live the rest of my life. I'm getting out of this battle. You know, how many people do that? I'd say many people go through that, right? They try. Maybe they made a mistake. It doesn't matter how it happened. But something happens and boom, look, they give up. I just want to say, first of all, I feel like there's been an intensity of the battle In in the last few years, I read some minister that just recently he's been in ministry many, many years, seen many things done, serves the Lord. And he says of all his whole life in ministry, which is an older guy, he says his whole life, he's never seen the level of warfare that he sees going on right now. I believe that. And you know why I believe it's happening? Because the devil knows his time is short and so his wrath is increased. Why is that? Because he can't stand what he sees getting ready to happen if the church will just rise up. So he's doing everything he can to discourage everybody he can to keep from experiencing this miracle of revival and breakthrough and prosperity that God has on the other side of this battle. It's right in front of us. We are so close to it. He's doing everything he can to stop it. I fully believe that there's an increase. And how many people have, have been in this situation, just like where Paul is, that it looks like there's nothing that wins. Nothing works, nothing works, nothing works. Let me just tell you, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. It looked bad to Paul. You think he's, he's going, hey, Silas, this is just part of the program. I mean, they're bleeding. You know, this is, no, I don't think he was at all. You know what the devil was trying to do? He'd like to kill him, but he didn't kill him that day. So Paul and Silas, the next thing he wants to do is do what? Discourage him. Is that not true? He's wanting to get Paul to give up, to be discouraged. And this is an amazing thing. Paul decides he's not going to get discouraged. You see, if you, read, if you read some of the stories about Paul and what he says, you realize he's, he went through this kind of thing many times. I like what he says in 2 Corinthians. He goes, we went through a trial so intense We despaired of life. You know, you try to understand what does he mean? Does he mean they were going to kill him? I think he means we didn't want to live. <laughs> That's what I think he means. And he's not the first one. What about Elijah? Oh, this great man of God, this great man of God, full of faith. And then the next day, guess what? Guess what? All that hit him, it was, the, it was just discouragement. That's all it was. In their lie, you're going to get brought down. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. That word hit this man so strong. You see, if you don't guard your mind, you remember Paul goes, okay, we understand the spiritual warfare. One thing you got to do is cast down every thought and imagination contrary to victory in Christ and the promises and what he said he'd do for you. Anything contrary to that and God directing you, leading you, showing you what to do, giving you power over the enemy, giving you wisdom, providing for you, anything contrary to that, you got to cast it down because it's a cancer in your brain. It's a cancer in your emotions. It's a, it'll go throughout your whole body and bring misery to your life. But that sounds too hard. I'm telling you, well, yeah. I mean, the only other thing you can do is just be miserable or do what God says to do, right? Anyway, so, so you, take this, you take this story here and you look at what, what Paul and Silas are doing. And he said before, again, as I had mentioned, he's like saying, hey, we've been through things like that. We wanted to die. But then he goes, but then God... Then, he said, then we then we quit hoping in ourselves, we, we just like, I'm not looking at me at all. You know, one thing that getting knocked down can do for us, it can expose where we were trusting in us. And you see, when you get knocked down, this whole process I'm telling you about, what it does is it rebuilds us. See, when you get knocked down, in a sense, in a sense, it's good. Why? Because... You're not going to rebuild in your flesh again. You're not going to trust in yourself there again, right? You're going to have to get into the Word. You're going to have to read. You're going to have to get the promises. Your trust is going to have to be all in God. So guess what? You get knocked down, and guess what happens? Your faith starts getting built up. This time, it's the flesh. It's as if the flesh got knocked down, but the spirit man is rising up now, right? And that's the one that's going to defeat the enemy and kick him out of the ring. Amen. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. We despaired of life, but we quit trusting in ourselves, and we just trust in God, who raises people from the dead. And God raised us up, and He delivered us, and He will deliver you. Amen. God will deliver you from what you're going through, from your battles, from your struggles, from your pains. And when you look back on it, you're gonna what you hate about the problem, you're gonna remember later with fondness, going, God used that to promote me, to strengthen me, to make me who I become. That's the way it happens. It sounds crazy. Nobody is like, who, whoever wants to embrace pain, right? And so, Paul and Silas are here in this place, in prison. Discouraged, I believe. Laid low. They, they're thinking, man, God sent us here. Or obeying the Lord. We cast should we have done that? Do you think we made a mistake? Did we make a mistake to cast the demon out? I think you that was your decision. That wasn't my decision. You know, I'm I, I just thinking how that conversation could have gone, right? There, man, I don't know. Maybe that wasn't wise. I shouldn't have done that. Da, 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 da. Or maybe we shouldn't have come to Macedonia first. You remember you were thinking maybe we should have gone over there first? Maybe that was the Lord. Maybe, maybe the, we're maybe we're not in God's will right. You you see what I'm saying? But I don't know all that he went through, but somewhere along the way, things started changing. And it says, by midnight, at midnight, I'll finish this. I've been trying to get to this story for about four weeks. It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. That is so powerful to me. And think about this. They're in a horrible trial. Every, All the prisoners are there. They know what happened to them. They, know it, they probably all know it's unjust. And they see they're in pain, bleeding, terrible stripes on their back. And they hear them singing. And this is what I believe because if you read The letters of what Paul wrote, and he tells you how to pray and what to do to get victory in situations like that. He instructs us, which I believe he learned. He instructs us to give thanksgiving and praise in the middle of these kind of situations. (laughs) I mean, I just i mean, think about this. What comes out of your mouth when you're in a trial? I don't know how it might start, but before it's over, there ought to be some thanksgiving and praise, and it needs to be sincere. You might not feel it at first, but you just remember, wait a minute. And I just want to say, when you're going through a trial and you feel like this, giving thanks really from your heart. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about religious praise and religious thanks. Lord, thank you, for that. Lord, thank you, thank you. And you go on about it. You did it in a methodical way. God's like, no, I want you to connect your heart with that. I really want you to thank me from your heart. I want you to be so thankful for your victory in the middle of your defeat, what looks like defeat. That takes effort. You see what I'm saying? That's sort of like what I was doing the other day. And then I want to just say there's power in that. When you begin to praise God, not just religiously, not just singing from, you know, words you know, but you pour it out to God and you start thanking Him for how faithful He is. Thank Him for His promises that are always true, that He will never let you down. And you're saying that and you're thanking Him and you and the reality of that gets so big to you. You see, let me, and let me, let me back up here. You start out when you're in that trial, you don't feel like doing that. You want to go to bed. You know what Elijah did, the story I was telling you about earlier. You know what he did when he felt like that? He went to sleep. Most people just want to forget about the trial they're in and go to sleep. You know, that's like their way. You know, they're saved, so they can't go get drunk, right? So they go they'll go sleep, right? Or something. But you see what's happening here? Something happened with Paul and Silas. They decided. You know what? We need to start praying. We need to press past what we're feeling right now. And we need to quit arguing each other, blaming each other, um, thinking what we could have done different. We are where we are. Did we make a mistake? It doesn't matter. We are where we are. Should we come here? It doesn't matter. We are where we are. Let's begin to praise God. So no matter how we got here, he's big enough to take care of us. Oh, God, we praise you. And they begin to do that. And guess what? They begin to feel it, they begin to get into it, they forgot about their problems. Something happened in the atmosphere, just like I was telling you about that tuning fork. Something began to reverberate in the atmosphere when they're praising God in the middle of their troubles. And I want to tell you this, when you will truthfully praise God and thank God in the deepest, darkest trials you've got. That is the most powerful praise and thanksgiving you can ever give God. You say, well, I give God thanksgiving all the time. No, the quality of it is amazingly different if you'll learn to do it in the middle of your trial. And it shocks the atmosphere spiritually. I believe you've got those tuning forks going throughout the earth when you do that. And that's exactly what happened with Paul. They started doing that. They were praising God in the middle of their trial, and God gave us an illustration. What happened that night in that jail cell is an illustration that God gave us. I mean, if you read through it, there's no way you can't realize that God's speaking through us through what's happening. People don't like to think that God does that anymore, but he does it all the time still. And this is definitely a, a verse where he did that. Was it say, at midnight? It's midnight. We consider it symbolically as what the darkest hour, right? In the darkest hour, the worst trial, the worst situation they could be in. What are they doing? Singing and praising God. They, oh, it, it's. There's something so strong in it. It's got all the guys' attention. They're like, oh, everybody's probably really quiet. Everybody quit talking because. You don't just hear them singing. You feel that there's something so, wow, precious. Are they, you know, are they acting strong? No, no, no. It's just spiritual. They're connecting with God, right? And you know what the Bible says happened when they were doing that in their darkest hour? It says there was a great earthquake. Now, if you look through all the scriptures, earthquakes are associated with spiritual breakthroughs. What that is, is an earthly symbol of something happened in the spiritual realm. It's all over from the resurrection. to I mean, it's like probably five or six times there's an earthquake that happened and it represented something that happened. It was actually something that was done in the earth. If you want to call the resurrection that too, in the earth that affected the heavens, it produces a real earthquake. There was an earthquake that happened. But what is this? Remember, it's symbolic of something. Something happened in the spiritual world that day. What happened in the spiritual world? Well, I believe God also gave us an illustration in this story of what happened. The prison doors of all these prisoners were opened and everyone's chains fell off of their hands. Now, I just want to say, does that sound like something an Normal earthquake could do. Every one of them's doors opened, and the chains fell off their hands. All of them, no. What's God saying here? I have just broken that spirit that it, that came after you. You know how? You see, if you back up, this old story has been about demonic conflict from the demon girl to the men. I told y'all early last week, everybody that has a demon isn't a psychic or a witch. Or, business people have demons too, right? And we saw we saw today how they work. They drug because of greed, wanting, you know, and anger. The devil put in them to focus on Paul. And, um, and so anyway, uh, that happened and when Paul praised in the middle of his of his deepest night darkest night something broke and what was it it was the thing that had been attacking him the whole time why was Paul sent to Macedonia help 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 guess what this was his assignment to bring that thing down how did he do it <laughs> is that not amazing think about this He did it by praising God in His darkest hour. Sometimes God will let you experience the darkest hour because that's when the greatest breakthrough is going to come and it could not have even come without it. I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? That thing would not have ever been dealt with had this not just happened. And like I've shared before, after this event, we've only seen a couple after this this. The whole Macedonian area experienced revival in an amazing way. Who won that battle? Paul. But it didn't look like it. He never gave up. He kept pressing in. He kept saying, I've got promises. I've got God on my side. I don't feel good. Maybe I don't look good, you know, but I'm not giving up. And he kept getting up after he'd been knocked down. Amen. I want to encourage you today you got promises. you got the Word of God. You've got God with you. God will help you. God will strengthen you. God will encourage you. But you have to get up. You have to praise. You have to use your spiritual weapons. God's not going to use your spiritual weapons. He gave them to you. God's not going to use faith. He gave you faith. He'll give you faith if you get in the Word. Amen? Do y'all see what I'm saying? God says, I, I, you can make your way prosperous. It's easy. I don't want to say it's easy that you don't have to do any work, but I'm just saying anybody can do it. Get in the Word. Begin to pray. Begin to learn. Get in the battlefield. Keep going forward. Quit being lazy. Quit just trying to enjoy life. That's why your life's so miserable, right? Because you haven't connected with your purpose. So here you are, and here we are. Amen. Well, would you stand? I just maybe if you're at home, maybe you want to stand too. Just sort of helps get you the attention and put you like wakes you up before the Lord. Father, I just pray right now for a great victory. Lord, i felt even today, as before I came, like there's so many going through struggles today, so many going through battles, uh, so many having things they need to overcome. Lord, I pray now in Jesus' name for this word to come to life in every heart and mind. I pray, Lord, that every person that's heard this today and it's meant something to them, God, I ask you now in Jesus name that this word would be walked out. I thank you, Lord, that every person who makes a decision, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to grow in my faith. I'm going to use what I need. I'm going to uh, link arms with someone else. Joshua and Caleb were, were linked together. Uh, Lord, I thank you that everything that's needed, you've given us. If there are relationships we need, they're there. Somehow, everything's going to come together as long as we just make a decision. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not discouraged. I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not going to worry about that situation I heard about last week. I'm not going to worry about the situation that came up recently. I'm not going to worry about this, that. I'm not going to worry about this bill. I'm not going to worry about... I'm not going to worry. I'm bringing it before the Lord. Lord, I thank you that as we do that Oh, yes, we're rising up. The devil hates it. We're feeling better. Oh, our feelings are even starting to change. Our mindset's starting to change. Oh, God, I thank you for that now. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing victory to every person who wants it. Every person who says, God, I want to go forward. I want to win the battle. I want to win. Lord, I declare that over every single one. I thank you, Lord. It's a new hour. It's a new season. It's a new day yes god i thank you yes thank you god yes lord father i thank you lord i thank you right now for uh lord some have been like in a room they've been in a room for so long a room for so long and um for some there's been light in that room there's been some but god wants to expand you wants to expand your borders and wants to pull you out of where you've been and uh for those walls to come down, for those walls to come down. Those walls coming down also mean uh, more vulnerability. Um, uh, more vulnerability. There's more things that might happen. There's who knows what might go on. But there's more opportunity. And God says, trust me. As the walls go down, trust me. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to lead you in the way you need to go. I'm going to protect you from the things that are out there. Don't worry about it. So you've been in your protective zone in some way. God's like, go out of that. Watch what I do. I'll take care of you. The walls are going to come down. And don't be afraid when they come down. It's a really, really good thing for you that I'm doing. So, Lord, I thank you for this now. Thank you, oh God, for blessing us, giving us a great victorious week. And, and just like with David, Lord, did you not tell David? Uh, where David said, um, God teaches uh, my hands to battle and my fingers to fight. He, just, he teaches me. <laughs> Lord, we'll teach us this week. Lord, we're just not going to put up with it anymore. We're going to fight. We're going to win in the name of the Lord because it's the Lord's battle. In Jesus' name, amen.